Welcome, future doctors, to another episode of the Future Minority Doctor Podcast with Dr. Sulma and Marina, where we bring you conversations to empower and inspire you to contribute to your community and the world by becoming a doctor. Hello again, future doctors. We hope you are enjoying the summertime and are finding things to keep you busy, but also finding time to relax, spend time with family and friends, and enjoy the sunshine. If you are at any point along your pre-med path, you might have heard that getting some research experience is an important part of preparing for medical school. There is some truth to that. Many medical schools value research experience. However, not all schools are the same, and some people do get into medical school without having any research experience. But if you still have some time left and you want to find a research opportunity in order to get valuable experiences and make your application shine, we want to help you. In this episode, we are going to share some tips with you about how to find good or even great research opportunities wherever you may be. First, though, let's tackle a few important questions. Number one, how important is research experience for getting into medical school? Good question. The truth is that most standard MD or DO programs do not require you to have research experience, but that doesn't mean they don't value it. The fact is many medical schools are attached to academic medical centers, and those academic medical centers place a lot of emphasis on scientific investigation, aka research. Most faculty members in medical schools are involved in some sort of research, meaning that they spend some days seeing patients in clinics or hospitals and some days working on research projects. The academic medical centers affiliated with many medical schools are where many breakthrough discoveries are made, like finding a new drug regimen to treat cancer or developing a new procedure to repair a heart. So the reality is that most medical schools want to see that you understand, at least to some extent, the importance of research in the field of medicine. And what better way to show you understand than by doing research yourself for a while? Consider research to be one of many ways to make your application shine. It's not absolutely necessary, but it can definitely help. Dr. Zulma, did you have any research experience when you applied to medical school? Yes, I did. And then just uh, for you listeners, keeping in mind, I didn't, I didn't have a bachelor's in science degree. Um, and remember, my majors were psychology and Spanish literature. So for those of you who may not come from a science background, um, there are still opportunities for research. In my case, I did about two years of research within the psychology department on my college campus. And then my last year of college, I applied to a, a paid internship, which was also research-based, and ended up going to NIH in Washington, D.C. for a semester. My focus at NIH was on cardiovascular health and Latinos. And this research was about a total of five months or so. What about you, Dr. Marina? I did have a little bit of research experience, but it was sort of in that year after I graduated from college when I was applying to medical school, I did have an opportunity to work in an immunology lab. And also I had worked earlier through the federal work-study program in a different lab, but I wasn't doing research directly. I was mostly observing it, and I'll mention that a little bit later. Let me mention one more thing on this question of whether you need research experience. If you are applying to an MD-PhD program, the answer to this question is very different than if you're applying to a standard MD or DO program. You will need to have substantial research experience, 
at least one full year of experience to be competitive for a combined MD-PhD program. We hope to talk more about this in a future episode. Thanks for those tips, Dr. Marina. So now let's go on to number two. Is there a specific type of research that is ideal? If you're going to do research and you're applying to a standard MD or DO program, in my opinion, it really doesn't matter what kind of research you do. What matters more is that you demonstrate that through your experience, you gained an understanding of the process of scientific inquiry and discovery. For example, you learned how to gather information about a topic, devise a study question, design a study to answer your question, gather data, analyze data, then write up, edit, and present your findings. During that process, you learned what it means to be scientifically objective and how to think critically about questions and possible answers. Understanding that scientific process and how to think scientifically is what is most important, in my opinion. Now, if you're applying to a combined MD-PhD program, the rules are different. Specifically, you will need to do basic science research in an area of study that is somewhat close to what you eventually want to study. For example, if you want to get your PhD in molecular biology, then it helps to have done research in a molecular biology lab. Now, let's go on to question number three. What types of research are there, Dr. Marina? Okay, there are a few types of research that you can do. First, we've got basic science research also called bench research. This is the type of science that is done with the goal of understanding nature and the human body. Basic science research includes research in the areas of chemistry, biology, physics, and all the branches of these, like physiology, microbiology, immunology, cancer biology, neuroscience, genetics, pharmacology, and much more. Most basic science research involves working in a lab with cells in petri dishes or animals like zebrafish or mice. You will learn a variety of scientific techniques unique to the lab and what it studies. The possibilities of what to study in basic science research are endless. You just need to find a lab that studies something that is interesting to you. Then there is clinical research. Let's pretend someone did years of bench research and finally discovered a new drug to treat diabetes. Well, before doctors can prescribe the drug to their patients, it has to go through a rigorous process of clinical research to see if it is safe for use in humans. This involves recruiting people with diabetes that are willing to take the drug, then studying the effects and side effects of the drug for many months to make sure it's safe. This is called clinical research because it occurs in a clinical setting like a clinic or a hospital. It tends to involve a lot more work with people instead of petri dishes or poor little animals. Third, there is a category of something called social science research. Research that studies human behavior falls into the realm of this social science. So any type of research that involves studying human behavior can be considered social science research. This includes research on things like health disparities, public health, or public policy. If you're not too interested in bench research but want to do something, this is a great option. It will probably involve reading lots of literature on your topic, learning how to analyze data, and drawing conclusions from your data. And then there's just a category of what I consider other research. Some students major or minor in topics completely outside of biology and medicine, like engineering or philosophy. If so, it's okay to get some research experience in your area of study. I recently spoke to a student who did a research project in linguistics. 
She analyzed obituaries from an old newspaper and found differences in the ways that men and women were described, which revealed a lot about the way society valued men's and women's contributions differently. She gained valuable research experience and expanded her social awareness of gender issues, and she was able to write about this beautifully in her application. Like I said before, the type doesn't matter as much as what you learned from it. Did you learn about how scientific questions are devised and how discoveries are made? Did you learn about the challenges inherent in scientific research? Did you learn how to critically interpret scientific findings? If so, wonderful. You can let those smarts and skills shine in your application. Okay, let's move on to the main question we promised we would answer for students. And that is, what can I do to find research opportunities? Okay, we have a few general tips to help you find a research opportunity if that's what you want to do. Tip number one is to talk to your professors. If you're taking a class and the professor seems really approachable or the topic seems really fascinating to you, get up the courage to talk to them. Meet them during their office hours and ask if there are any opportunities available for you to get some research experience in their lab. If they say yes, then be upfront about your interest and how much time you're willing to commit. Do you just want to attend a few lab meetings and see if the lab work is something you find interesting? Do you want to take on your own project or help a graduate student with their project first? Can you commit only four hours a week or 10 hours a week? Make sure to ask any questions you might have. Setting clear expectations up front on both sides can help make sure that you have a positive experience. Now, if your professor says no, then please don't take it personally. It's just part of the process. The reality is that many professors today are overwhelmed with their own teaching and research responsibilities. They might already have too many graduate and undergraduate students in the lab. They might not feel like they have time to help train another student. Whatever the reason, thank them for talking to you and move on, but do not give up. This is actually how I found an opportunity for the gap year I took between college and medical school. I approached the professor who taught my immunology class and asked if I could spend some volunteer time in her lab. I ended up spending about 20 hours a week there for about nine months or so, helping with components of other people's research. I loved that experience, and I learned a whole lot from it, including the fact that bench research was not my cup of tea, especially anything that involved killing cute little mice. I know that talking to professors is scary. I remember feeling intimidated at the thought of asking questions to them directly. What about you, Dr. Z? Yes, I was always very intimidated within a college setting, especially when you're in the lecture hall, because there's so many students in there. Uh However, my psychology research actually did also come out of, of me approaching a college professor after a lecture. She did a lot of research that had to do with minorities, and that just always interested me. So when I went up to her, it was after, after she finished a lecture, and I asked her, and it was like a little bit like, they, again, like just like Dr. Marina said, they don't have a lot of time. So what she said, she said, yes, I could use you, and then immediately directed me to one of her graduate students. So once I got to one of her graduate students, that's the person that I worked with more directly, but it was under that professor. So there's a lot of opportunity. Just just ask, especially if it's on a topic that really interests you. I didn't like bench work. Like if it was up to me for research to do bench work, that was just not for me. <laughs> so I knew I, I, I couldn't do that because I, it would be misery for me. 
Yeah. So it sounds like you did more of the social science research, right? Excellent. Okay, moving on to tip number two to find research experiences. Use your college or university's website to search for people doing research that interests you. If your professors don't have any available opportunities or you're just not interested in them, there's always the internet to help you. Any college or university has lots of professors, each with their own research interests. If you are located near a medical school or a hospital, there may also be people doing research who don't teach courses, but may appreciate having a student to help out. Look up the people in your department or other departments that sound interesting to you. Read the profiles of each person to investigate what types of research they're involved in. If something catches your interest, send them an email, introduce yourself, state what your interest is, and politely ask if they are able to take on a research assistant. If they don't respond, send a follow-up email about a week later. If they still don't respond, then just assume they're too busy and move on. As with talking to professors, make sure you ask questions and communicate clearly to ensure that you have a positive experience. Can I add something to that, Dr. Marina? Of course. I don't know if nowadays it's still the same, but I recall when I was on, um, on my undergraduate campus, there was sometimes uh, pin boards throughout the campus or else like on, on the actual windows of some of the buildings. What they would do is post on there that they were looking for research assistance or whatever it might be. So that's also a good way to find an, uh, a research opportunity on campus. You might just be walking. So make sure to look around if there's any postings uh, because that's where you can get your start as well. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's kind of a more old-fashioned idea, but they still exist. I've, I've walked on campuses recently, and I still see those boards with, you know, apartments for rent, research subjects needed, and also jobs available in research labs. So definitely, um, that's a great point. Okay, tip number three, search for federal work-study opportunities involving research. My very first experience working in a lab was thanks to a federal work-study job opportunity. My sophomore year of college, I got a job as a laboratory assistant in an infectious disease lab. I spent 10 hours a week making auger plates and chemical solutions and sterilizing lab equipment. Even though I wasn't doing any research directly, it helped me to observe what working in a lab would be like. The doctor who headed the lab was very nice, and she asked me if I was interested in doing any research in the lab at some point. Unfortunately, that year was the year that I had failed some classes and I was feeling really overwhelmed. So I didn't end up taking the opportunity, but at least I gained some good experience assisting with the basic functions of a lab and it didn't seem so out of reach for the future. Now, if you qualify for federal work-study assistance and you want some research experience, then please don't just take a desk job at the library. Look at your college's job listings and see if there's anything involving research. If there isn't, then you might be able to custom create a job for yourself. If you talk to a few professors and find someone willing to take you on, then they can request for you to be paid for your work in their labs through the federal work-study funds. There's paperwork involved and it might take some time to process, but it is possible. And then moving on to tip number four, look up summer research programs. There are great summer research programs at colleges and universities all over the country. These can be particularly useful experiences because you get to take a brief but deep dive into research. You get to spend 30 to 40 hours a week for about two months doing research on a particular topic. 
Most of these programs make sure that you have a research mentor that helps guide you along the way, and you often end up presenting the results of your research in a presentation, a poster, or a paper. Many of these programs also offer living accommodations and a stipend, meaning money, for your participation. That means that you won't have to worry too much about money while you're participating in the program. Now, if this type of program sounds appealing to you, just make sure to do your homework early. Some programs have deadlines as early as December, which is about six months before the program starts. Make sure to do your online research about these programs, decide which ones you want to apply to, make sure you meet the qualifications, and get your applications in by the deadline. You may need letters of recommendation, so give yourself time to get those submitted too. Dr. Z, I recall you did a summer program for the NIH, is that correct? If so, what was that experience like for you? Oh, it was actually a, a very wonderful, great experience. It was actually a full semester program, and I did a combination of research programs. So one was through the UC system within California called the UCDC program. So if any of you are going to UC schools, please look into it. It still exists. And then at the same time, I applied to the HACUP program, which stands for Hispanic Association of Colleges and Universities. You don't have to be Latino to apply to this program. So please check it out. Um, it's really intended to get minorities more research experience or possibly even a job with the federal offices. But anyhow, they have great research opportunities. And within HACU, it's actually a paid internship. And they also provide your flight and where you're going to live. So it's, it's an amazing program, and I strongly recommend it. What I did was actually when I applied to HACU program, I actually got contacted by two different locations. One was the NIH, and then the other was the CDC. So again, great research experience that you get from this program. I ended up taking the NIH program just because I had to live in D.C. for the UCDC program. And I can honestly say I met some of my best friends I have today there. And I actually was there when 9-11 happened. Oh, wow. And I lived close to the Pentagon. But, um, but there was a lot of uh, students there. And um, I've had friends that I referred to this program that were interested in medicine. And it actually really empowered their, their application when they applied as well, working um, for some of the programs out there in D.C. or anywhere in the country. It was an amazing, amazing experience. There's a lot of opportunity out there. You just have to look. There's another program that I would suggest you, you all look up. It, it used to be called the Summer Medical Education Program, um, and it's run by the AAMC. They've changed the name, and now it's actually research-focused, and it's intended for minority students that want to go into medicine. So if you go to the AAMC website, you can find it there, and it's usually held in the summer at many colleges across the country. And you do have to apply. So just make sure you start looking into those deadlines so you, you're able to apply and you can plan for it ahead of time. Excellent advice, Dr. Z. Um, speaking of which, we will be adding to a, the resources tab on our website a list of summer programs uh, within the coming months. So make sure to check that out if you're looking for opportunities. And then just to tag on one more thing about that, don't be afraid to apply. Lots of times when you start looking into these programs and the application process and how competitive it is, it can be really intimidating. And you might start to convince yourself that, oh, it's not worth applying because I'm not going to get in. But you know what? If you don't apply, you're not going to get in. 
So just, you know, um, shoot your shot and just try. The worst thing that can happen is you end up exactly where you are. And the best thing that can happen is you have a wonderful research experience like Dr. Zulma did. And I would like to add to that, you can, it's not just uh, one time that you can apply. Mm-hmm. You can apply after your first year in college, your second year, and your third year, just to increase your chances as well. And a lot of these applications, at least the ones that I did with the programs I just mentioned, they were all free. They, there was no cost involved with the application process. Great points. Okay, and that brings us to our last tip, tip number five. Don't be afraid to ask. Now, this refers to friends, professors, TAs, grad students, even strangers. I said this before, but I think it's worth repeating and emphasizing. Please don't be afraid to ask people to help you. Nobody becomes a doctor by themselves. Everybody needs help at some point. We say this all the time, but it's always worth remembering. And get creative about who you ask. For example, ask your classmates how they found research opportunities. Ask your TAs, some of whom might be graduate students, if they know of any opportunities. If your professor says no, ask if they know anybody else who might have an opportunity available. If you have any mentors, ask them. If you meet any doctors through shadowing, you can also ask them. It really doesn't hurt to ask. What's the worst that can happen? They say no, and you're exactly where you are right now. I remember being so afraid of approaching people in college And looking back, I can see how that kept me back from help and from opportunities. Don't make the same mistake. We know that you can do this. Dr. Z, any parting thoughts? Yeah, um, just for those of you, I always felt like, and that could relate to me, I always felt like um, I wasn't meant for research or I just felt like it was way beyond me when I was an undergrad. Um, So I was very intimidated by it. So definitely when I actually went out to ask for the opportunity, I was definitely not in my comfortable zone. So just know it's normal to feel that it's good to get out of your comfortable zone. And all of that even just prepares you better for what the medical school experience is going to be like. And it's not like you're 100% committed. If it's something that you don't really like, you can do it temporarily and then you move on and you change to something else as well. But really just getting out of your comfort zone, even if you don't see yourself as a researcher, because I did not see myself that way. I didn't see myself like as a scientist either. But just really go out of out of what's what feels comfortable for you in order for you to be able to access these experiences. Definitely couldn't agree more. We hope that you found this episode helpful. As always, reach out via social media or our website if you have any questions or comments. And remember to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook for episode highlights, announcements, giveaways, and more. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Peace and love, everyone.